Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. M&M Investments. Minus four and a half on the road. I am all in against bad quarterbacks and don't impact quarterbacks. Featuring Mutt and Merloni. A well-rounded football team. I don't think they lose four games in a row. I think right now it's about three and a half. Brought to you by Twin River Casino and Hotel. Check out the brand new sports book at Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Now open. Here's Mike Mutnatsky and Lou Merloni. Well, this is not a Triple Crown podcast, not a Breeders' Cup podcast, not a Saratoga podcast. This is kind of a melancholy podcast, if I'm being honest, uh, before we introduce our guests here. Because this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the final two racing days at Suffolk Downs, after 84 years, I don't think continuous years, there were some issues along the way, but uh, Suffolk Downs is going to close their doors for good. And Jessica Paquette, who is vice president, correct? you got a big title now. Big title, vice president of marketing. And I refuse to start crying before Sunday, so we'll try to keep this as unmelancholy as possible. I'm, hope, I'm trying to view this as a celebration of the history, a celebration of all of the wonderful people and horses that have come through Suffolk. But it is. It's hard. It's heartbreaking. It is a little bit sad. So Jess is here. Jess has been here throughout our Triple Crown run on these M&M Investment podcasts. She gave you winners in the first two legs of the Triple Crown. I gave you Sir Winston. She didn't. That was me. That derby uh, trifecta was great, though. What's that? My derby trifecta was great. Oh, I think $11,000 <laughs> hit. Yeah, it's pretty good that you posted on your website that you gave out to everybody. I think you're good for like five years. When you give out a pick like that and you hit it that cold, you're good for five or ten years. You don't have to pick another Losers winner. Losers from here on out. Except this weekend at Suffolk Downs. We'll get to the weekend of racing coming up. Also joined by special guests. I'm going to call... I don't know, one of my favorite racing announcers, Jason Beam, who is here. You heard him at Monmouth Park over the last couple of uh, weeks, months, filling in. Uh, what's up, Jason? How you doing, man? It's good to be here. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. First time in Boston. And you're going to Fenway Park later today. We're going to Fenway Park. Uh, Jessica has really good seats, too, by the way. Shout out to uh, shout out Team Suffy. Really? Ship uh, Tuttle stepped up here. <laughs> I yeah, I got to bring him to two uh, New England institutions this morning. We started at Suffolk Downs, and we're going to Fenway. And we drove around, and I essentially just kept asking if this was Southie. Because that, that's like the one thing I know about Boston. From Watching the show City on the Hill on Showtime, is that where this is filmed right here? Pretty much it's just one long version of the town. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Jason's been an announcer everywhere, and he has a great book. I, I have to. Uh, it's it's available on Amazon right now. It's called Southbound. I read it at least twice. I think three times. And if you're a degenerate, you are a degenerate. Like That's me, impressive. It's a very fun read. A very good book. If you like racing, you will like this book. There's it's the hotel room scene where he, the, the, your main character is betting Cal Expo in a hotel room, and I'm like, oh, we've all been there. I feel like I've done this yeah. before. That but was very fiction, though. Really, not so not. <laughs> <laughs> no tie into Jason either. My, my, my mom always like she she would ask me. She goes she goes I, she goes I want to ask about two parts. I go just they're fiction. Trust me. <laughs> ne- stories never happen. It's Southbound. It's on Amazon. I'm gonna urge if you're a racing fan. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a racing fan and not read Southbound yet. Make sure you read it. So uh, this weekend, Jess, this is it. And I I, I don't want to focus on how we got here because we're forgetting all that for a second. This shouldn't be the last New England racing weekend. Like, I lived through the closing of Rockingham Park. I'm now living through the closing of Suffolk Downs. And, look, I I came on to racing much later in life. I was not a racing fan until my 20s. So it took me a while to recognize the history that was New England racing, the history that is um, Suffolk Downs. But the reality is, and we'll get to the future of racing in a second, this is going to be it. You guys have a big couple days here planned, Saturday and Sunday at Suffolk Downs. I've seen the card for Saturday. We're taping this on Wednesday morning. The Saturday card looks awesome. It's big, full fields. The weather will be good. Uh, some turf racing there as well. Explain what people are going to get Saturday and Sunday at Suffolk Downs for this closing weekend. Well, Saturday and Sunday, you get 12 races each day, full oh. fields, big bettable races. Post time for the first wagering event is 12.55 on both days. There are two non-wagering events, state bread stakes races to support the And those just mass bread to help this. Oh, excellent. Very cool. And, that, and those start at 12.05. So get there early. Enjoy those. On Saturday, I'm going to be riding one of the ponies up the track and doing my commentary from aboard Mr. Meso. One of uh, I think he'll be the nicest horse I've ever sat on. He is uh, he won like 27 races. Now he's a superstar pony, so I'm borrowing him from the Clarks for the first race. So you'll be on the track doing your pre-race prattle, making your picks or talking about the race on like Donna Brothers style on horseback. Exactly like that. One of my little bucket list items uh, as Suffolk is coming to an end is I've never ridden on the track, so. I am taking him for a little spin. And then on Sunday, you guys have a T-shirt uh, plan, correct, to sort of commemorate this final day of racing at Suffolk Downs. We sure do. They're going to be really nice T-shirts, just so everyone can go home with a souvenir if they like. The proceeds will go to Tharwood Retirement and Tharwood Aftercare, kind of a cause near and dear to our heart. The cost is $20, so come get a T-shirt. Uh, they, they'll be really nice. Um, and based on the T-shirts that you and I are both wearing today, the, the Boston Strong shirts you guys did, all the benefit, the one fun, those came out great. They were a big hit. I've seen them. In and around town. I've seen up at Saratoga. You go out to breakfast uh, at the trackside there, and you'll see an occasional person wearing this shirt, and you walk up and say, hey, Suffolk down. So these shirts lasted. I'm guessing it's, Sunday shirts will be good, It's nice too. we got the memo to match today. today. Right. Well, we're, t- we're talking about Suffolk Downs. We're talking about racing in Massachusetts. And, I mean, I, I guess for me the, 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 the big picture thing here is that live racing is going to end, simulcasting this summer, but... I think there's some hope that New England racing is going to continue. I know Sterling Racing, you guys have been out at uh, the out in the Western Mass area to look at some fair tracks for next year. Where do we stand right now? What can you tell people for the potential of New England racing continuing next summer? As sad as this weekend is and as uh, melancholy as it is, this is sort of a way to look ahead to the future. And I really hope that there are still a couple of chapters to be written in the history of New England racing. We're exploring the possibility of revitalizing and refurbishing Great Barrington Fairgrounds. In Which Great I've Barrington. only read about and saw the pictures, but I mean, people talk it's about the racing beautiful. there as being spectacular. It, 
it's just a spectacularly beautiful track. You can picture it in the fall with the leaves starting to change and how really beautiful and special it could be. When I went down to see the track about a month ago, I was just completely in love with the town, in love with... You see what the track could be. And I think if we can pull this off, it'll be really special. I know you talk to the horsemen all the time and you, you deal with both sides of it. You know, guys like me in the media, the vice president marketing, you deal with the horsemen as well. Um, are they ready to support that? Is there going to be, is there still going to be a push and is there still a want and a need? Do the mass breeders, mass racing want to continue and have some sort of home base? There's plenty of rumors about where racing is going to go once Suffolk closes this weekend. Boston and Massachusetts is home for a lot of people, and I think right? a lot of people yeah. would really like to be home and to be able to continue kind of the legacy of horse racing and horse breeding here in Massachusetts. There are still some really good horses being bred through the Massachusetts breeding program. Horses like Dr. Blarney, who's won 19 races, and uh, there's this other horse you can see on Sunday racing. His name's Successful Saint, undefeated from three starts. This horse gave me goosebumps when he won the the, the last weekend. He, he's a real racehorse, and I think he's just going to get better. So there are still good horses coming through the breeding program. So you, Jason, unfortunately, I think you've seen this because you've worked at some smaller, medium-sized tracks. You've seen racing go away, and it. And I, I don't want to say this to be flippant, but like in Portland, Oregon, I understand racing going away. The problem I'm having a hard time here. This is the whole Sea Biscuit was discovered here by Tom Smith. He raced here in the Mass Cap. Uh, you had Cigar win back-to-back runnings of the, of the of races here in '95 and '96. You've seen what it can do, though, to an area when a track like this closes and the impact it can have when there's no racing. Just uh, The small track just goes away and there's no more racing. See, to me, it, it, it does hurt. It, not, not, you didn't say it hurt, but uh, like to me, it's hard to fathom racing and not being in Portland. Sure. And what I think about is an entire metro area of people who don't have a place to go watch live racing and an entire generation of kids who aren't going to grow up to go to the track and fall in love with it like a lot of us did. And so, um, you know, but Hollywood Park closed. I mean, yeah. you talk about the horses that ran there. <laughs> That's a great I mean, point. And, uh, you know, you, it's – I have a little weird theory about a lot of this. A lot of these tracks were built in area, part of town that weren't developed 60, 50, 80 years ago. And these towns have all grown so much. Yeah. And you're running into a problem now of businesses that aren't generating a ton of revenue on land that is worth a ton and, you know, we're, that's kind of what Portland had. Portland Meadows is like it's in the city limits of Portland. It's only six miles from downtown, but it's always been kind of an industrial area. But now it's just it's, you know, a ton of acres sitting on valuable industrial land. And so, yeah, they're they're going to be closing it up pretty soon. There's there's murmurs that they might do like a really short meet to keep simulcasting going because the transitions in these things are not fast. There's as you guys know. Oh, as we found here in New England, yes, where there was the rock opening and closing, we're going to do this and just turf racing or Suffolk. I mean, the rumors have been just rampant with Suffolk. They're going to stay, they're going to go, and it just it gets to a point where uh, it wasn't feasible. The land is worth a lot of money, as Jason said. But the live racing part you mentioned with kids, Jason, it affects me because I, I, I found racing you know, very late, much later in life, in my 20s. Someone showed me a racing form, and I was a baseball fan growing up. Me too. And past performances looked like like baseball stats, Jason. And so I sort of liked it. And then I went to Saratoga, and that was it. Like, I walked into Saratoga one summer. My boss took me to the Travers. And I was a racing fan since. I haven't missed a Travers since then. It'll be 15 or 16 this summer. And without that live racing aspect, I'm not sure how you convert young fans. How did you guys find specifically racing, Jess? I'll start with you. I guess I'm curious how you, you work, and you guys both work full-time in the sport now. How did you find the sport? I was a little kid who was in love with horses, and we didn't have a ton of money growing up, so owning a horse and riding all the time seemed really far away, but I could go to the racetrack and see them. 
and be a part of it. And I fell totally in love with it. And then as I got older, when I was in high school, uh, I don't know if you knew about this organization called Kids to the Cup. Uh, Trudy McCaffrey, who owned Freehouse, started it to introduce kids to the sport. So she took a bunch of teenagers to every major race in the country, like the Breeders' Cup, the Belmont, wow, and showed us horse racing, um, the ins and outs of it, and introduced us to a lot of industry connections. John DeSantis, who works for ExpressBet now, um, was her partner in that and has been like a fairy godfather to all of us. The testament to what she did is that so many of us still work in the industry. Um, she opened doors for us that wouldn't have opened otherwise. So that's how I kind of got my foot in the door. And then I was at Rockingham. I mean, I started when I was like literally the second I could get a license uh, as, a, as a, uh, you know, a grooming horses and then as a teller and then in the publicity office. And then I went to Suffolk. I just it always drew me to it. Did you have family or is this just you out of nowhere? Like, I like horses. I want to do this. Oh, just just me. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in Lowell. It wasn't exactly a horsey area. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who lives in Chelmsford now, I'm very aware of Lowell. And they, you have a horse right down the street from you, though. The horse and cow that live right near. Around the corner near Sully's right ice, near ice Cream. Ice yeah, cream. it's right there. But my like my dad. I don't think he knows which end the horse eats out of, but he like I, so. But his son goes to Saratoga and loves racing. Right, my, my mom's the same like way. It. She she's always supported this in every way. Um, but I, I, you know, she's not not a horse person. You mentioned baseball, Jason. Was that similar for you as a handicapper? Like you saw the the numbers. Was that a part of it? You know, yeah. My dad was a baseball player. He played all through college at Washington State, and uh, was you know. So I was raised with baseball. Like Mel Stottlemyre is my uncle, and so <laughs> baseball is our, fa- our family yeah. thing. But my dad got into the gambling side of things when he was young. I mean, twenties and stuff like that. And so uh, I remember as a kid going. And watching him bet and reading the form and learning how to read that pretty young. And uh, I remember him calling me a chalk hound when I was like eight years old, <laughs> and, which I did a lot of therapy work you on You should later. start calling Carter a chalk-eating weasel. I have called Carter. He, I tell you, boy, he picks, he's a six-eating weasel. only wants the six horse. Every race, he wants the six. I'm like, Carter, at some point, Gunrunner is not going to be the six horse. He's not going to win every race. My, my problem was my favorite jockey was Gary Boulanger, who was the leading guy who rode the favorites. And so, you know, and my dream was to be a jockey. Which, as you're staring at me now, is is comical. You can see Jason on Twitter, and yeah. it'll, it'll be funnier when you go look at his Jason Twitter profile. He's incredibly tall. He is I'm much I'm taller a, than me. Yeah. I feel like a jockey compared to like his size right now. I stood on a bench I'm when we were at dinner shorter. in Newburyport last night, so we could take a picture. I, I used to. I would go. We, we would go to Long Acres, which was the old track in Seattle. Which is this. If you go look up pictures of that, they closed in '92 because they sold <sighs> the land to Boeing. The the land got worth so much, and it was just so gorgeous. And we have Emerald Downs now, and I love Emerald Downs, and everybody's glad that we have it. But almost everybody who's older than 40, they all say, oh, remember Long Acres. Like, and when these places go away, they don't come back most often, more often than not. So, um, But, I mean, I distinctly remember as a kid going there, listening to the race calls. And Gary Henson had the, you know, and on the outside, here's Captain Kondo making his move. And so I would go home. Our neighborhood was a perfect oval. And I'd ride my bike around, and I'd put my baseball pants on, and I had a little jockey hat, and I'd get a <laughs> stick on my bike, and I would whip my bike. And I would do the calls from the races that day, and it's. And my, I remember my mom, my mom. Some some paper did an interview about me becoming an announcer, and my mom goes, "He used to do that." And the neighbors thought he was just crazy, but it, as it turned out, it was career preparation. It, my mom knows nothing about racing, so uh, you know. But but yeah, I mean, I was totally raised around it, and I was real fixated by the betting part of things uh, more so than the horses. Sure. That's how I started too. Yeah. I didn't want to ride horses. I wanted to bet on them. Yeah. Like some you people ask, when they, when people ask me like physical how things. How about you both mathematically yeah. incisive, or, you know, right, you probably inquisitive, know inquisitive minds that fair. wanted to be smarter, yeah. not degenerates who are, yeah. are betting the pick six later today <laughs> By the way, at Belmont Park. Down, you'll know that <laughs> A little degenerate accurate. nature there, but I mean that that's part of it. And I don't. 
like so I've taken my son to Saratoga and I, maybe he'll like racing maybe he won't I'm not I'm not forcing my son into to liking racing but dad's going to be on vacation this summer up in Saratoga maybe he'll want to go if we don't have tracks like I just don't know how the sport like we spent this morning on on our show here we talked a lot about baseball like baseball I love but baseball has a lot of similar problem, problems I think horse racing does in that you're 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 not growing at a younger age, and you're you're trying all these desperate things. We've seen these these companies like try these ridiculous things. Like I, I don't need Flow Rider at a at a, a, a race that's not going to help draw the people in. So that is not what's drawing me to go to a race. So I wonder without live racing, like Suffolk closes, Portland Meadows yeah. closes. I just don't know how you're going to eventually grow the sport. Like in, how's a young person get hooked on racing? If they're watching just TVG at home, I don't think that I don't think it happens that way. Do you guys? Well, and how does a young person get a job in racing? Is the is the question? I think these smaller tracks are these. You know, it's a great system. system. It's a feeder system, exactly for talent in. I mean, both front side and back side with horsemen and jockeys that get their start at a smaller track where you have the freedom to make some mistakes that you wouldn't necessarily get if you jumped right into the big leagues. I mean, I was terrible when I first started. Maybe I'm still terrible, but I, I mean, I'm less terrible. You're not, but I would say but, what you're talking about, and maybe Jason agrees with the announcing side of it, it's the same thing in radio. Like mm-hmm. I started in New Hampshire at a small station that nine people, including my parents, were listening to, right. and you suck it's on terrible, the air, and suck. you have yeah. to suck first. Like as a sales guy, used to hear like you have to get a million no's to get a yes. Well, you've right. got to suck in what this you business. You have to have every blooper yeah. possible yes. to be to be able to go to that next level. And without these small tracks, there are so many people who won't get a shot. Jockeys and yeah, the, jockeys I mean, Gary too. Gary Stevens came from our level track in Seattle and Portland Meadows. Dylan he, Davis won his point. first race at Suffolk Downs, yeah. um, and he was getting some valuable experience on some you know some quality horses at a smaller track that he wouldn't have gotten maybe if he you know if he went right into the big leagues. And he's as, I think Dylan Davis is as good as anyone. So, I mean, Jason's calling the, the Derby, obviously, I'm not a winner, but Maximum Security's in yeah. a big race. Mm-hmm. You're call- last week. You're, grade well, one. You're, you're, grade exa- one. You did a great job. You got to call these races. You don't do that without you know getting a shot at in Louisiana and Portland, correct? You don't just walk, wake up and go, you know what? I want to go uh, work in New Jersey at Monmouth or go to Belmont. Like You work at yeah. small tracks before I, that. I, yeah, I was at River Downs for three years and Portland for 10 years. And what's funny about the – I had kind of a gap in my announcing career where I wasn't doing it. I was just doing radio podcast stuff. And uh, I must have got 50 times in the last two months, I didn't know you were an announcer. Or – Wow, and then uh, it, people were real nice. Like I didn't realize you were a good announcer, <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, and, and so. But when I when I got that, I realized a people weren't yeah. watching Portland Meadows, but b as Jess said, like you know, you go through all those years developing your craft. So when you get the chance to call maximum security. You know, I mean, I was nervous as all can be, but the minute they break and they got on the first turn, I distinctly remember having the thought, like, I know how to do this. I've done this like 10,000 times. Yeah, race is a race yeah. at a certain point. Yeah, and so, but but the, you're right. There, Like, there has to be development for, for literally almost every part. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of big trainers that start, Bob Baffert started at Sunland Park. Mark Cassie saddled his first yeah. winner at Great Barrington, I yeah. think. If he, I, if he I was, Ed Gray had his quote in the Herald saying that before he won the, the Preakness. Or Great Barrington, one of the fairs, Marshfield. So, you're right, yeah. one of the fairs. So, so the, without that, I just don't know. I guess the fans are part of it, but the industry itself, without these smaller tracks, I don't know how they're going to grow and survive. I, I do know as a sport... We're in a weird spot right now. I mean, we these guys on the morning show have been busting my balls because of what's gone on at Santa Anita since December. You know, how do you support a sport like that? And as I've said on the air to those guys, I don't run racetracks. I bet on horses, but they just should not be running in Santa Anita right now. They figure out what's going on with the track. They did at Aqueduct a couple of years ago. They had a big issue. They shut the track down for a certain amount of time. 
and they end up figuring it out. And it just it, it, it feels like the sport is in a weird spot right now, both locally here in Boston and New England and nationally about the perspective of it when things like this happen. So that's why I look at Suffolk Downs closing and the hope that you know, you're know you able to open at Great Barrington because the growth needs to be there if the sport's going to continue to thrive, oh, I think. I, com- I completely agree. I really, I really hope we get another shot to write another chapter here and to show that small tracks really have a place in the horse racing landscape and that a, a small race or a little claiming race can be just as exciting and just as profitable as a big race. And live racing is the best. The only place you'll get it this weekend is going to be at Suffolk Downs. Am I being too simplistic to say Seabiscuit running is the, the, the most, I don't know, the most memorable moment at Suffolk Downs? Like you know, his, his history there... Is it cigar? What what is it when they when someone asks you what you what is it most known for Suffolk Downs when they close? What's the history part that'll be tied to for you? I mean, for me, is yeah. very is very different for than the than these big horses. For me, the stuff that I think back to and I remember most are these hard knocking claiming horses um, that ran month after month um, for you know for years that I grew to be a real fan of. You got you got to be a real fan of horses and a fan of the sport at a small track. Like I think of a horse like Rivers Run Riley who ran a hundred times. He won. Uh, 20-something of them, I think. He lives at Old Friends now. But horses like that um, are what I think of. But, of course, you think of Cigar, you think of Seabiscuit. The Beatles played their last North American show at Suffolk Downs. So yeah. There's so much kind of national history. And, of course, my own horse, What a Trippy, was a New England champion at Suffolk Downs. So He's I'd... featured quite a bit on your uh, social media. Yeah, yes, he, you follow uh, yep, Jess I apologize there. to anybody. I think I've seen her. Ho- yeah, yeah, you kind of like that horse I guess. a little bit. Um, but stuff stuff like that, and uh, that's what that's what I think of is horses like that. It's it's weird because it does have such a, a big part of racing history and it's just going to be gone. I got this question a couple times on social media the last couple weeks. What what's the plan for all like the Suffolk Downs memorabilia? This is not me asking. This is people saying, what are they? Is there going to be an auction this weekend? Are they no, selling? There's, what, there's no auction. What's the um, plan? We're still open for simulcasting, so the plan is going to kind of remain the same. Um, Month, so the development know. itself will not start this summer. Sa- no. Saratoga, Del Mar, come, all join summer us for, long. Join good. us for simulcasting. Good. Take in some of the history of the building. There's still time to do that. So come and enjoy the facility itself. The track itself will still be intact for a while, as far as I know. And uh, as far as you know, some of the memorabilia, that's owned by the folks who own the property now. But there's no auction uh, or anything. So just come and look at it there's and a, enjoy it. I went to the auction at uh, Rockingham Park. It was I, it was rough, man. They were They sold everything off, and it was... It, it was a little weird. That that turned my stuff. I just that could not to me be my last memory of Rockingham. I kind of snuck in uh, like a month or so before and just walked around the track myself. I don't know if I was supposed to do that, but that's what I, that's how I remembered it. Did you take anything? No, I didn't. Oh, I did okay. not thieve. No. All right. So <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I can announce that I I guess I did. I guess the statute of limitations is over. Thou shalt not steal. This is not. We're throwing it away anyway. Wow. So I'm not going to call this stealing. A degenerate so and a thief. The, Look at the, you go. The auction stuff. The good stuff was going for way too much money. So I walked around like back to where I used to when you walk up the stairs at Rockingham Park. A nice woman there would sell you a racing form. I used to drive out. I can there picture this. The, no, so, I can. I, as you describe, I can. And as you this walk into the right, there's a little bar there in a bar restaurant. And there is a little Rockingham Park like color menu for like their happy hour specials, their pasta special. I said, "This will look good at, at my <laughs> my my uh, handicapping uh, section home simulcast area. I'm going to take this." So I walked out with that. If we're being honest, I guess that's probably. I mean, that's just taking I mean, a menu, though, right? I guess so. Yeah, you were just curious about the drink special. Yeah, what's the pasta special on Sundays? Can I, can I tell you when Long Acres closed? What they did was when the last race is over. They told everybody go out on the track. Everybody took dirt. Everybody took a scoop of dirt from the track. Oh, that's and, neat. You know, and and they even gave you a little like 
containers to to throw it in. That that was that is that's cool. what everybody yeah. ended up doing. I know one of the trainers went out and took the quarter pole that like the night afterwards <laughs> went out and dug it up, and it's still in his office at Emerald Downs, the new track. But uh, yeah, every, that was the the thing was you went and collected uh, collected the dirt. Yes, everyone, please remember we are open for simulcasting on Wednesday following racing this <laughs> this week. So don't take the stuff. <laughs> right, like this, it, there is simulcasting on Wednesday. Monday and Tuesday will be closed, but please don't loot. Um, I'll ask you, Jason, from a, a racing perspective, what are you looking forward to this summer? I mean, we have Saratoga racing, we have Delmar racing. I'll ask you in a second, Jess. But if someone who does a weekly podcast, yeah. you talk to Jay Bernardini, my favorite uh, Boston trainer. You talked to him on the podcast for Bet America this week. Uh, what are you looking forward to this summer? He's a funny guy. Yeah. Based on the text messages he's now sending me, <laughs> he's got a much better sense of humor than I thought he did. Uh, what are you looking forward to this summer? Uh, I Personally, I'm going to be down at Colonial Downs, which is reopening. And, and it's funny because I've been having these conversations about closing tracks a lot. And I always keep making the point, when these things close, they don't come back. Well, I've kind of had that thrown in my face a little bit because Colonial's reopening uh, after being closed since uh, 2013. So, uh, wow. But, but they got alternative gaming and... They had a group from Chicago, what helps. It, and they're putting in nine figures into the facility and into opening OTBs and uh, and the announcer's salary, and so uh, <laughs> they're but but they're they're really reinvesting in it because there's multiple options for income, which unfortunately is you know the the income stream from just racing due to the size of the facilities is just really hard to uh, to overlook. So I'm personally very excited about that. Saratoga cool. is always amazing, though. I mean, it really and, and I think that the five day week thing. I know a lot of my friends are upset about that because they love Mondays and stuff. I do think it will help, and I think it will a keep people's bankrolls. Lasting a little bit longer, but um, I don't know. I, I just, it helps the quality of racing, Jason. Yeah. It will hurt the experience because you used to be able to do a long weekend there, and says, so yeah. Saturday and Sundays are yeah. insane. Mondays are just a good, relaxing day to be at the track, See, and it, was, it, the, uh, no low stress day there. Yeah. Th- that being gone is going to put you know, sort of added uh, you know fixture. Like Wednesdays now become a busier day, yeah, but yeah. the bankroll thing you're right about. But no, I, I've never been to Saratoga, and so my plan tentatively is to try to hit it on the Sunday of opening weekend because I'm going to stay up Smart. in New York for a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, like Monday would have been perfect because crowds and me are not the best of friends. You would have liked Mondays. Maybe it's still yeah. Wednesdays. Um, what are you looking forward to this summer? we got a whole summer of racing. Let's go. There's a whole summer of racing. So whenever I travel, I like to go find a little racetrack. I was just in Iowa, and I went to Prairie Meadows. Totally recommend it. It's an adorable little track. Uh, my husband and I are going to Colorado sometime in August, and we're definitely going to Arapahoe. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what you do on vacation. You have you go to, find- yes. At the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I took an Uber out to Canterbury. Now, they were just open for simulcasting, but I, I love- wanted to see it. Looks, you need I to want go to go back summer. in the summer. You're go saying to the, go to the, the, go yes, to the Minnesota yeah, State Fair. I know. Your arteries I know. will not thank you, but do it. It is so cool. And Canterbury is a and neat And it looks so track. green, even on T, like the yeah. even the paddock area where they're circling around, Tons and they have this cool, like, small little bar. It looked like a local, like a like. They could make it a little local spot. Looks fun. It feels like Even everything a racetrack should. They get should. big crowds at Canterbury too. Like they're Minnesota, I think in general just has like there's nothing going on for six months because it's so cold. There. <laughs> and they, they were once there's a little bit of warmth, like, everyone the comes average out. Average Thursday night crowd there's like ten thousand people. And Paul Allen, the announcer, the Vikings yeah, announcer, yeah. so people know who he is. I also went to Running Aces, the harness track in Minnesota. <laughs> You're out why? Of why wouldn't you do yeah. that? Also delightful. It felt like Rockingham. Wow. So that's your summer. Go to go to um, small tracks across the New England, uh, like, across the country. I'm they're sorry. like dinosaurs. See them before they go extinct. So I'm going to be there Saturday. There's a rumor you're going to put me in the winner's circle. Do we want to talk about this now? Like, what Do we know officially what race? We're, what what, what is what going race. on here? What, um, what are we doing? But there's going to be a race named after you, uh, kind of a VIP experience for you. Mostly this is for Carter, to be honest. This it's is for my the, son. This okay. is for Carter's experience. This was not, uh, for the, not requested. This was offered to me by the great folks at Suffolk Downs. Correct. Yes. Uh, I wanted to do something special as a thank you for 
having uh, having me on these past couple of weekends. So you're going to come present. A, there's going to be a race named after you. Come present the trophy to the winning jockey after the race. Take a picture and get a photo of the Suffolk Downs winner's circle. That'll so, be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Please come heckle him if yes, you like. Yes, that, that's what I'm welcoming people now. Now that you know, I come will heckle. be there all day Saturday. I'm going to be along the rail. There's this great grass area next to the kids' section. My kids will be over there. Daddy will be betting in his chair right there. And at some point, you can come heckle me. Come say hello. But it's 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 it's, it's going to be, I'm sure for some people, it's going to be a sad weekend. Obviously, closing day at Saratoga is a sad day. This is closing day for Suffolk Downs. Yes, then come, well, then you can, you can come back to we hope get Great Barrington yes. next summer. Yes, but we have you know, there'll be live racing, food trucks, family fun, parking, free and, admission, parking and, free and parking. admission are free. There is something for everybody. Um, it's a it's a great day out, and the weather looks great. And if just from a if you're handy, if you want to handicap the races are deep. There's a lot of what twelve ra- 10, 10 betting races on Saturday, ten more on Sunday. The fields are spectacular. Yeah. I was working on the program comments uh, up until the wee hours of last night because there were twenty four races total for two days, and the fields are so deep. Um, I tried my best to pick some winners. Hopefully, we we picked a couple. I think people are still cashing their tickets from Derby Day from I hope you. So, so I think I you'll am. be. I think you'll be okay. And, you bet Jay Bernardini this weekend. I think you're going to be okay. I, I I completely agree. I we Matt and I have said this the past couple of these podcasts. I think Jay's coming into this weekend locked and loaded. I he's from Lynn. He's a local guy. He loves winning races at his home track, and I think his horses are coming in really live. So J, bet Jay and bet turf horses who have experience on the turf at Suffolk Downs. Those that two angles have paid off in double digits oh, the first two weekends. And Tammy Pamarini. So this was great. After She's, she yeah. rode a winner on the turf um, the last weekend. And Tammy, Tammy's a very decorated jockey. But I'm standing in the winner's circle, and I overhear the owner and the trainer talking. And the owner asks the trainer, what did you tell Tammy? And the trainer looks at him and says, I don't need to tell Tammy anything. <laughs> And that really sums up. When If you're in doubt and you see Tammy on a horse, they're probably live. It's meant a lot to a lot of people here in New England and in Boston. And uh, two more days to say goodbye this weekend and simulcasting all summer at Suffolk Downs. Jess, thanks for coming in throughout the Triple Crown. Thanks it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Jason, great to meet you, man. Good to see you, too. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Jason Beam, follow him, follow Jess, get Jason's book, and listen to uh, Jason this summer at Colonial Downs. We'll be back at some point for, uh, we'll call it a Saratoga preview edition. Uh, of this uh, podcast, MNM Investment. Very soon, we'll see you this weekend at Suffolk Downs. Come on.